0: Time for Tea with Makita is a podcast about redefining self-care. It's about looking at every aspect of our life from music, career, family, relationships, and everything in between. It's about spilling tea on those conversations that are sometimes hard to have. Well, we're not afraid to have those conversations right here. Join me as we spill tea on every conversation you ever thought about, dreamed about, or whispered about. Hey, y'all, it's definitely time for some tea. All right, welcome back. It is definitely time for some tea. I'm Makita. Thank you so much for just sharing your time, your space, and your energy with us today. So we all know that it's no secret that interactive maps have become an integral part of our everyday lives. Whether you're trying to find a new cafe in town or just following your route from work, we've all come to rely on them for convenience and accuracy. But what if there was a way for you, for the tech-savvy artist or entrepreneur, to harness modern web 3D-powered technology and create your own dynamic maps? Well, guess what? There is. And I'm here today with one of the co-founders of Illis, Rob McCarty, as he spills some hot tea on how they are bringing us one step closer to the future of digital mapping with this groundbreaking platform. So grab your mat pins and your cup of tea and get comfy because the tea is definitely hot. So Rob, just welcome. It's an honor to have you back as a special guest to spill some hot tea with us today.
1: I appreciate that, Makita.
0: Yeah. So for those who are not as familiar with, you know, what you do, can you give us just a little background on?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we, we so. Many, many moons ago, it seems like ages, but about three years ago, we actually started Illust, and we we were the team that did the first augmented reality NFT and augmented reality being the technology where you're able to display a digital graphic that looks like it is visible on the physical world. So, like, Pokemon Go is usually a good reference point for people who are just kind of cracking the surface of what augmented reality is. And so we did the first one of those graphics that was on the blockchain that was then sold with the, uh, the um, unfortunately passed away, but hip-hop artist MF Doom. And that was kind of the the first foray for the space to kind of see what, what the relationship was between the blockchain and digital space. And, uh, and so my background came from working with helping Facebook, well now Meta, uh, launch Spark AR at South by Southwest in 2019. And Spark AR is their like augmented reality creator tools. So it allows people to create AR graphics that they can deploy. And so and my business partner came out of the Snap ecosystem and he was one of their first creative partners. And he has a lot of Really, he's an incredible artist doing tour visuals for Paul McCartney and Coldplay, and some really cool artists. And we and he was just down the street from me, and we we got to thinking about what the world could look like if the artists own the graphics versus the platforms. And Mm -hmm. so that's where we saw the blockchain as such a great technology that could be explored to see how we can give provenance back to the artists. And so. Rather than having to create a graphic and be paid by a brand to create it for them, the artist could create the graphic for themselves as artwork and then be able to sell that. And then someone who collects it could actually make that artwork visible in the world through AR. And so that's, that's what kind of set the, ground, the groundwork for the map technology that we've built out. But that's, yeah, that's kind of how we got to, to this point.
0: Yeah, you know, I've seen more lately that content creators want more control over their their art. there have been a big push for like, I want to have, you know, I don't want to split that with the third party. I want to be able to create that art and let it be mine without having someone else have, you know, creative control over that. So I'm glad to see that y'all are continuing that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, back... <laughs> I, I I need to do a quick fact check, but last time I looked, Spark AR and I believe Bunt Studio as well, when you uploaded a digital graphic through their platform to Meta or Snap, they actually put a license that they own the artwork that you're uploading to their platforms. And so... If they really want to be an asshole about it, pardon my my French there. But if they really want to be, you know, just nefarious, they could say, no, we 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 hold this, and then they can sell it against, you know, any basically they can cut the artist out after it is published, which it's on their best interest, but we're we're all for maintaining ownership of the things that we create.
0: Yeah, definitely. So What has your career path looked like as you've grown?
1: Totally, totally, it's been it's been really it's been a fascinating career path. I'll tell you that I did not expect to find myself in this cutting edge side of technology. I started my first business; it was a pedicab business, and we did pedicabs at the University of Southern California. It's called Trojan Chariots. And we were selling digital billboards on the back of the chariots, and mm-hmm. so I was always under the impression that I was gonna i was i always wanted to start something, and I always wanted to know what was going on technology because I felt like I didn't want to be amiss from or I, I wanted to be at least be able to speak the language so i mm-hmm. so I could be able to you know down the road when i have kids if my kids are engaged in technology i might be able to relate to them and, and speak their language and so i always kind of kept an eye in the digital marketing space and then had an opportunity with one of my friends to help them with their website sell digital basically digital billboards but on a website through through display ads and mm-hmm. so figured out how that operation worked and then helped help them grow their numbers from a 1,000 monthly uniques on the site to about 2 million monthly uniques on the site, and then brought in some really cool partners in the, in the process. And as that was going on, some of our friends were engaging with the RIP Vine, and Vine at that time was an incredible distribution mechanism for stories. And granted, there were six seconds, but Someone would publish a Vine and it would get millions of impressions, millions of engagements, likes, comments, and it would be a cultural meme, just like it's off of a hat. And so we decided to help those creators find brand deals and package up campaigns in a similar kind of way that we're doing for our online website. The partners that were sponsoring our online website, we would create these these, these campaigns that told their brand story, but through this, this new technology. And then we extended it to Instagram creators, and then we extended it to YouTube creators. And, and soon enough, we built a pretty decently sized influencer agency called Pop Shorts, And I was working on bringing brands together and, and helping them see the value of these new technologies and how they could be able to tell their, their brand stories. And so during that point, I ended up moving out to New York to build the East Coast operations and realized that I just fell in love with the 360 video came out and I got my hands on a Samsung 360. I just took it everywhere with me. And I was never one to be, say, I guess, a, a creator. <laughs> I always worked alongside to help support. But I had so much fun with it and I just took it everywhere. And I started asking, I was hoping to, to get into some concerts that were sold out. So I asked if they wanted someone to film the concert in 360. And, and I just tried to find ways to just capture content and capture essentially these worlds that are in in the in the sense of, I can look around and I can see everything in a 360 video it's about kind of bringing that world to life that I can then kind of pocket it and then share it a month from now. And then you can kind of get a glimpse into what happened at that day and that time at that place. And so as we kind of uh, connecting the dots, so I ended up selling my equity back to my business partners and just be like, I'm diving into this. I'm going to figure out how to, to to make this work and to tell these new stories. And so I, I got into this, like on the immersive tech side, and just really started pushing with different ways to tell stories and then started building out like an art department with motion designers and some 3D artists and game designers to create these these immersive experiences and ended up getting featured on the Oculus. You know, one of the big things when we got our first, our video got was on the Oculus homepage and it was on the Samsung, uh, was was featured through the Samsung's channel and it's got a lot of visibility for it and one of my contacts I was at Samsung ended up going over to Facebook and she kind of knew my genesis from influencers to this. And this is at the time that Facebook was launching Spark AR. And so she asked if I wanted to help them bridge the gap between the creator communities who are doing motion design and do it and using these different and using different tools from usually like the Adobe suite to create really cool immersive experiences to to help them see the the potential of what spark AR can do as as an augmented reality creator tool and after seeing some of the the numbers it was really it was really impressive so I helped them launch spark AR into the creator community where I got to meet my now business partner and made a lot of great friendships and and now coming full circle we're starting to use This map technology to tell new stories for brands, for artists, for creators. So I'm finding myself kind of straddling the the lines of both the the world that was from the the pedicab advertising, digital brand storytelling, but then also to the immersive to what you can do with this kind of technology. So it's been a it's been a really I never would have guessed that this is the the area that I would have fallen into, but it's it's really, uh, it, it it gets me, it gets me up in the morning motivated and just seeing some of the, the ways that are still to be written and to be determined by some of these uh, partners. So yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a fun ride.
0: It definitely has like your, your journey from, you know, doing the ads and then having that opportunity to just continue to grow and wanting to get into it, just, you know, to keep up. I think that's how I kind of got into wanting to know more about technology. Like I didn't want to be left behind. So much was happening and I was never really savvy with technology, but I was like, this is so fun. Like the whole recording, like you said, 360 was just like, you felt like you were there in the room and everything was around you, even if you weren't. like it was so cool. So I love how you've grown and how you've you still keep that creative side it's like you know even though you say you're straddling that fence there but i think you kind of need both components in a way
1: totally totally and i think now that I, i'm i've been in on the creative side for for some time now that the technology is at a place where we're starting to make the it public cuz we've been for pretty much a year and a half we've been really pretty quiet about what we've been building as we've been as we've been really pushing ahead. And we have some different case studies, but now it's really exciting to kind of put the, how can this technology help your storytelling abilities or your brand or your, your, you know, influence that that it's starting to like call back some some of the the older days
0: <laughs> so speaking of that what's new with illis like i know you guys yeah. are doing something amazing and it's about to take off and you gotta tell us all about that
1: a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah so with we, we usually say in, inside the organization we usually say this my business partner and i we always kind of reference this but we think the best metaverse is the one outside uh, we have the operating system for it. We know how to engage it it's it's clear to us, and so what we want to do is be able to give the same kinds of tools for the metaverse, but provide those to main Street and so mm-hmm. the things such as visibility and immersion mm-hmm. and connection and loyalty and rewards and and data and and like digital collectibles, all these things that really drive the narrative forward with the metaverse, we realize that while people are on location, we can be serving up experiences that are very unique to that moment and that moment and that location specifically and so last year, I think last year when I jumped on the podcast, we were just releasing the proof of presence system and the proof of presence system was a very formative component to being able to accurately deliver a moment for somebody. And the moment could be, you see this AR graphic, the moment could be you're able to, claim a limited edition piece of artwork or a reward or an incentive, the moment could be just saying, Hey, I was, I was here. And I'm, if, if you want to call back and see if I was, if I was president, I was, I was there. And so that, that technology is really important for, as we talk about ownership and we talk about the 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 importance of knowing that something is legitimate which is a big reason why we use blockchain technology because it it doesn't it doesn't require illus to always be the judicial board saying that's legit that's not legit it allows us to be able to use a technology that's already been created that establishes ownership and provenance so that we can be just we can facilitate creating tools but we can allow anyone to participate. To put that into context, so not anyone can necessarily create a Pokemon Go. That's a a huge lift. That's a very huge lift. But through blockchain technology and the power of it being interoperable with other systems and then just being very cohesive that things can kind of work together and they're decentralized. there's not as much worry about surfers going down or things of that nature that this this gamification can be given to any local business it can be given to any artist it can be given to anyone and it doesn't create an incredible scale scaling issue for us <clears throat> so so what so what is it <laughs> so what is illist <laughs> so we're an, it's an interactive map and so we're using a, a thing that we're so used to, which is maps. But what we're doing is anytime there's a, a specific like waypoint or point of interest that's on the map, any of those points of interest, someone could create a virtual check-in saying that I went to that place through the proof of presence system. Mm-hmm. And, and when they go to that location, they'll also be uh, an augmented reality experience that they can engage with. And so what's what's really exciting about this is that because we've now it's it's now <laughs> no longer just one giant map and there's only one map there's now channel maps. And so I have my map but the artist that's going on tour has their map. And so what we're able to do is we're able to share these different maps that contain points of interest that are tied specifically to to me and so if someone checks in at that point of interest now i know that they're like a truly engaged fan or participant in the experiences that i'm creating so this kind of takes the the evolution of that is if again if you're on tour you can see well which fan actually went to all 12 tour locations and maybe i should give them a reward or maybe give them an upgrade on their tickets for the last show or you could be, you could be a movie. You could be during opening week at the movie theaters. You could potentially distribute an, an AR experience to every I think there's like 2,800 movie theaters in the U.S. You can you can then deliver a special unique experience from the movie to those different locations, and then if you actually engage with that experience. You might get a a voucher for free popcorn. Or if, for example, uh, I'm a big Lakers fan out here in LA. So if the Lakers are playing, say, the Denver Nuggets, and there's, you know, and LeBron just has an absolute incredible day, there might be a digital collectible with his point total on the jersey somewhere with some cool color scheme saying, you know, Lakers versus Nuggets. That is a, is a commemorative token that you can collect based upon that unique experience or even purchase. So it's really ushering in this next evolution of being able to share not only things that are, are utility driven, such as like, where are my favorite pizza spots? If you're visiting New York or my favorite bagel spots, if you're visiting New York, but also... Hey, I've engaged pretty heavily in, in all I went to all of your pizza spots. I've done all that. And so I now have the opportunity to incentivize and reward people who are actively engaging in my in my world. So
0: that is so cool. And y'all are gonna actually be in Denver, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And this is the first time of y'all doing that for Denver to to <clears throat> map out like yeah. Are there specific locations or?
1: <clears throat> totally, totally. Yeah. So Denver is our our first big release of of the system. So with Denver, we we created the Biddle Week slash ETH Denver channel, and <clears throat> ETH Denver is is short for it's Ethereum. It's an Ethereum conference, and so there's going to be people from all over the world visiting Denver, and so. What we did in partnership with them was create a interactive Denver, like the city of Denver map, where there is a combination of points of interest that are just basic, of of basic importance of where the venue locations, where are some good places to eat, where are some of the satellite events and parties that are being thrown so there's, there's that element of the maps, which is familiar. And we, we would be able to experience through other map technologies, but then we take it and we go, we go deeper. <clears throat> and so there's going to be culture walks. So there's going to be digital artwork that's going to be in the Capitol building and around the Capitol grounds. That's going to be published from some really remarkable artists in the space. And there's also going to be a reward that's going to be tied to the, the individual that goes and sees the most pieces that are in the Capitol art walk. So there's that component to it. And then we're going to have one of the one of the maps that's tied to the Eat Denver channel is going to be curated by, it's called Storytime DAO. And so people are going to start telling stories through, we have a tool that allows you to leave a text message, but the text message is actually visualized in 3d at a given location. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) And so they're going to start telling stories on the streets and anchoring different stories at different locations around the city for people to be able to explore. And then, yeah. And then, and then we have, uh, let's see, we we have this, this culture walk that's going to be curated by, it's called Mint Gold Dust, and they're a marketplace. They work with a lot of really compelling artists. And they're going to be doing a specifically a culture walk tied to the Rhino District, which is basically they're like the arts district of, of Denver. And that's going to be another really cool one because they have segmented by different themes, by different streets and different areas, these parts of the art walk. And so if you go to... If you go to illis.ar right now it's it's still under under wraps but all this is going to be released next Friday. And so next Friday is the big the big day and then it's going to we're going to be adding new experiences to the map from the 24th of February until basically March 5th. And it's going to be kind of rapid fire. And then what what's also a unique thing about the map is that we're, we're, we also have the ability, if you are looking to create a map, we could be able to create, essentially make the map exclusive if you'd want, and exclusive only to your friends or to people that are your fans. And we do this through a mechanic, it's called Token Gating. And mm-hmm. Token Gating is basically like, there's a door, do you have the key to the lock? And so, but the the key in this sense is a digital token, an NFT that's on the blockchain, but it's essentially a lock and key system. So it's really easy as an artist to be able to say, Hey, here's a bunch of free keys. You can access my, my world. You can say, you know what? I'm not going to put a lock on the door. So I don't even need to, to do that. It's just open play. Anyone can come in and see it. And some people are going to be like, I've created a really compelling game. It's gonna, there might, you might have to pay for a ticket. You might have to pay for a key to get it. And so that they can be able to make money and be incentivized to keep building some really cool and immersive experiences. But for ETH Denver, all of them, I believe except for one, is going to be, they're all going to be free experiences, but they might require a key. And so we have, so we're going to be releasing this Wednesday. It's called a Passport. And so the passport's going to be the key. And so you might have seen on, or we're talking about this on Twitter right now, if you're following us on its illest space on Twitter, but we, we're going to be releasing this concept, which is a passport. And the passport gives me access and, and it basically allows me to go into these different virtual worlds. So we're thinking of a metaphor, like what metaphor would fit us exploring these different territories and these different, different fiefdoms and worlds created by other people. It's like, oh, a passport. And then for certain ones that are are locked and keyed, I might need a visa to go access those lands. So that's kind of the concept that we're really saying. It's it's free for any new users. It's really easy to to claim a passport. And we highly recommend claiming a passport before going into the experience because uh, claiming a passport will also walk you through the tutorial flow of how the application works and we'll, it'll be your first like augmented reality claiming in in the application. So to claim the passport you'll actually be in an AR scene where you'll see a virtual passport in in the world to claim.
0: <laughs> oh, awesome. And that's going to kick off on Wednesday the 22nd, right? Get your passport. Exactly. Yep. So you be ready for the 24th because exactly. that's when everything will be like if you're going to be in Denver Or planning whatever your plans are this is an experience for you
1: exactly yep yep 24th 5 p.m pacific time we're gonna be doing like a clubhouse or during that time and walking folks through and all that good stuff so yeah
0: that's gonna be truly truly exciting i'm gonna have to check in with you later just send you a message and say how it goes how everything went
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely
0: yes so have you looked ahead or are you just like right now just being in the moment of present or are you already like, okay, what's going to happen next?
1: Totally. Yeah. So we, we, we do know what we want to do next and what we're building towards. I think what you're seeing right now is there's, there's definitely some things that we've been cleaning up, but, I'm very I'm really proud of the our development team and our creative team for just their ability to really look forward and be building the technologies that I think 6 6 months from now are going to be things that are going to be talked about but they've been building them for the last you know 6 months prior so there's a good we have a as we release things We've really been setting the pace for, and setting the curve, and again, kind of going back, doing the first AR NFT, and seeing the now how ubiquitous NFT technology is, and, and 3D graphics are, and things that can be AR rendered. It's, I think, it's just kind of a, a premonition of what's to come. But without giving too much away, some of the there's some cool features that are going to be in, in, introduced we have a couple of brands that we're going to be partnering with over the next few months that are on uh, some blue chip names. And then, and of course, and some some fantastic musicians that we've been working with in record labels, such as mesh records and Max Cooper, which we're really excited about his generative project. But uh, as far as the features, we are going to be implementing more time-based and scarcity elements into the, into the experiences. So Pins on the map may only be on the map for a, sh- a short period of time. And if, say, 10 people go in and in, in, in activate the experience, it might disappear completely. So there's going to be some elements to it which are going to be, you really have to be there at that place in that time or or within that day. Otherwise, it's going to be gone. And so that's going to really be setting the stage for some of our per- our, our, our partners And this kind of concept that we've been building out, which is, it's kind of like a, we're calling it the fidgetal storefront. It's kind of like a, it's like a virtual merch booth, more or less. Mm -hmm. So you can go to a given location. And once you're at that, so you go to a concert and only at that concert at that day and that time, will you have access to a very limited edition item, which could be a signed poster, could Mm be digital wearable. So it could be a shirt that you can then migrate over to say a video game that you're playing. It could be really any manner of things. It could be even music it could even be a single from the album. So we're just really starting to kick up the different, different ways that you can activate the system to create unique experiences.
0: Awesome. I feel like, you know, the sky's the limit. Like there's so much you can do and i'm really looking forward to seeing what else is going to happen next but with your busy schedule and everything that you have doing how do you what are one or two things you do to prioritize yourself
1: 100 100 and that's and that's really important through this sprint i feel like (laughs) as soon as i got back we i went i was on my honeymoon into the new year and as soon as I got back, I wasn't sure if it was just because we're sprinting that, you know, we're working really hard or if it's just because I'm coming back from a honeymoon where I didn't work and got to relax that it just feels harder. But, uh, but no, I, in, in all honesty, I think I've, I've gotten really regimented over the last two months for sure. And I really, I have to carve out time for myself. The weekends are really important to me for sleep and for rejuvenating myself. I was able to, after my honeymoon, I, I got the bug to surf again. And, and that that's always been a, it's been a lifelong sport of mine. And so every Saturday, like clockwork, I'm trying to go surfing somewhere. I have to do that. It's time for me to just Get away from technology. Get away from people. <laughs> Sometimes just people. Don't get me wrong. But just like be in my own little bubble, and and that has been really, really sanitizing. And then I really try and uh, I, I really try and at least take mental breaks throughout the day. I might, it, it might sound a little not neurotic, but just. Yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of different tips and tricks. And I've been trying to be as like, efficient as possible because sometimes I'll be working just insane hours. But then I realized that some of the insane hours weren't necessarily efficient. Mm-hmm. And so I've been, I've been testing out in the last two weeks, I've been testing out the, I, I, set, I basically set a timer on my, on, my, on my clock on my phone for an hour and a half. And in that hour and a half window, I just go as hard as I can, just focus on one specific activity that I need to get done. And then I just try and crush that out. And usually most hard tasks usually fit in that like hour and a half category where whether it's a blog post or a press release or a pitch deck or whatever it is, like in that hour and a half pocket, I just go as hard as I can on that that topic. And then i give and then i go for a walk and then i go for about a 20 minute walk just around the block just to clear my mind and get some space from it and then i come back into mm-hmm. it and then i find that that little that little moment if, it, if i'm still working on that same thing that 20 minute bit of space really helped just fire different neurons or whatever it is and i feel like i came into it more clear and then I go for another hour and a half just to like, I mean, usually at that point I'm, I'm able to do most tasks in a, in a busy day within three hours of just full go mode. And, and I pause the clock if I go and I get up and I get water or something like that. I, I really try and stick to that. And then I, then I realize, well, you know what, if I, if I do six of these in a given day, that means I can for sure get eight hours of sleep. And mm-hmm. so I really try and I'm trying to optimize my efficiency versus my time just sitting in my chair. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And that's helped me really be able to balance a lot of the stress and a lot of the, the action that's been coming up because I'm still able to get some decent sleep, but I'm also able to really be focusing on performance and stuff.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. Like I am such a procrastinator that I I have to, I actually write a to-do list, like, and I'm like, okay, you have to, these are the things you have to do. And then I could say, you have to take a break from it after a while, because after, after so much time, I'm really not doing much. Like I'm not efficient. This is not working. I have started something totally different when I'm supposed to be working on this. Like so, so all over the place, I really have to focus myself and really be committed to it a lot of the times or
1: I will totally. get on
0: talk and then that's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent. Th- and I, I usually put my phone on airplane mode. I don't check any emails during that time. i if, and so I really just try and like zone out and only focus on that thing because everything's vying for our attention. So it's so easy to feel like we're really getting things done. But in reality, we're, we're changing tabs or we're, you know, we're, we're opening different things and, and the cognitive load to like reset and to like mm-hmm. get into flow state it's, there's a tax on that and it takes time. So mm-hmm. it's, and, 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 and I also feel like really just, and only keeping it to an hour and a half because before I was like, Oh yeah, I'll do two and a half hours or something like that. But then, then like the fatigue starts to creep in of uh, mm-hmm. all the other things. Cause I, I know if I could just keep in line for that hour and a half that um, and I and I know that I can do at least six of these in a day that it's gonna be a super productive day and I'm gonna wake up the next morning feeling decently rested
0: yeah I agree I I like to like you, you spoke about being in flow prioritize things that the way that they flow so I'm not mentally switching so many gears because the the mental switching gears is hard. So I have to make sure I'm staying in a certain flow before I'm switching. Like, okay, now this is a totally different thing that you're doing over here. I have to stay in that. Like if I'm going to be doing blogs and doing blogs, if I have to start doing like some creative artwork or something for, you know, then I need to be in that frame of mind <laughs> and not switching so much.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That, I th- I'm sure there's 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 definitely I've listened on podcasts in the past about some of some of those things, but yeah, I think it it's a it's like you need to approach the thing with without any sort of legacy or without any sort of and, and granted, there's always great like opportunities when there's cross pollination where you might be in one mindset and you're kind of using that same mindset on something that is completely different which mm-hmm. is, which is always great but i definitely i definitely think especially in like sprint sprint mode is usually we've already set the plan back in january of what we need to get done so it's all about just getting it done and yeah. versus say when in early january when we're planning it's kind of like we we really need, like in planning mode, you really need a lot of space to be able to see all the variables. And uh, and so that's where I feel like the walk is re- has been really helpful for me in between these little sprints, the, the mini sprints throughout the day is that I feel like just even a smell might trigger and I might be like, oh, I should, I should write this paragraph. I totally forgot about that
0: yeah. or uh-huh.
1: whatever that might be. And then it's like, ah, oh, okay, cool
0: let's do it definitely and i'm sure you know with everything that you've been doing getting ready for you know denver and you know the 3d mapping and the technology that y'all are bringing to them has definitely you had to really put in a lot of focus and work like you said you know like be in that zone
1: exactly yeah it's uh it's it's interesting and
0: and
1: I don't know if there's any parallels, but it's, it's, for me, I usually find that when I go surfing, I usually surf for about an hour and a half. And I think that's about like the time where I feel like focused in that kind of degree. It's been a a good little area. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely been keeping my, my enthusiasm and energy levels going and I feel mentally clear. And yeah, on the weekends I've really tried to be as, it, maybe when I was younger you know on the weekends after doing a sprint like this I just feel like oh give me beer <laughs> I need a, I need unwind but now now it's more like give me sleep <laughs> I just want to sleep and and relax and uh, and so yeah really trying to be you know try and get some workouts in throughout the week too has been has been really important for just keeping a clear clear presence of mind but I don't know if that's a function of me just getting older but <laughs> my body <laughs> craves sleep and exercise and it's you know and 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 on the weekends I definitely make it happen I eat as much pizza as I can stand and <laughs> and so that's that's also the thing I look forward to at the end of the week is Friday night pizza tour around LA
0: <laughs> I love that <laughs> Well tell people how they can Get that passport, where they yeah. can go, how they can connect with you.
1: <clears throat> totally, totally. So yeah, please connect with us. It's at I-L-L-U-S-T-S-P-A-C-E on Twitter, Illus Space. And then our application is going to be ready to go for passport claiming on Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific time on so illust.ar, so I-L-L-U-S-T dot A-R. And that's the application if you will to be able to uh and it's all online too so you don't need to download an app it's on the app Store it's something that you can just easily click into your browser mobile device or desktop to claim a passport and uh, and yeah if you if you go and claim a passport make sure you leave a leave a message somewhere in the world share it with your friends and and if you're in Denver please hit us up we'll be we'll be around so yeah really appreciate it
0: Yes. Well, thank you so much, Rob, for just coming on and sharing your space. You guys, if you did not have a chance to write that down, do not worry. All of that information will be with you in the show notes. I just want to thank you all for being here. And don't forget to join me for each and every Tuesday as we spill more delicious hot tea. Until next time. Namaste.